I'm torn. I'm torn because all all that you talk about, that's so good for our podcast on our Facebook page. But on the other <laughs> hand, I just want to give you a hug and say, Alan, I like everything you put up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Irenacast. I'm your host, Jeff, and with me, as always, is my brother-in-law, Alan, and his cousin and my friend, Mona. We are post-evangelical ministers and theological thinkers grappling with our place in the progressive Christian world. Thank you for joining us for another conversation on faith and culture. This week, we are going to be talking about social media. Is social media really all that social? And then after our conversation, we are going to be bringing back a segment, I think from our very second episode, but I'm not 100% sure about that, called Famous Christians for 100. So social media. This is a, a topic that's probably near and dear to all of our hearts in the fact, in the sense that all of us are on some sort or type of social media, maybe even many of them. And I think that with any new technology, which as we go through the conversation we'll talk about, there's always stigmas attached to it or, uh, you know, whatever. People have their impression of, of what this sort of technology or this sort of trend is going to mean for the future of the next generation or the current generation or whatever stuff is out there. Yeah, I was trying to figure out why, or not figure out, but remember why we wanted to do this topic. I mean, when we sit and talk about the topics we want to talk about, it's usually just, oh, I kind of enjoy talking about that, so let's try it. <laughs> um, but what what was it specifically? Like, we were wrestling with the question, but I can't remember. One of us was, was. I've, I don't remember who, but one of us was kind of overloaded with social media. And the question was, is it like detracting from our relationships or just being social people, people and turning us into something different. And like, how oh. do you, how do you center yourself in that? But I'm now asking the question of, <laughs> I like asking the bigger question of whether or not this is making us more social, you know, as human beings. Yeah, that is a good question. It is a good question. I'll, I'll tell you why it, it, it matters to me. I met a person recently, a friend uh, who I did this, uh, I'll just say it. I played dodgeball with them, adult dodgeball. <laughs> as embarrassing as that sounds. Don't be ashamed oh, that's of that. Awesome. Wear so that as a freaking badge. Yeah, 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 for sure. And so uh, <laughs> you find out people are not on Facebook, and you're like, "Is there something wrong with them? Like, what? <laughs> what? Were they homeschooled? How, how can they? Yeah. Well, how, how can you not? Have, did you like kill somebody, or you know, like you're just thinking in your head, like, what are all? There must be something wrong with this you person. You think that? Well, I told that to them. <laughs> what? Wait. How did that go? And then, and then it, it, they, they, and they were like, "You have bad social skills." <laughs> social no, media. it's a, uh, it's disarming. All right, it was just. Anyway, I I realized that I've I put so much stock into um, stuff like Facebook that it starts to detract from the physical people I'm with in the physical world around me. Like I, there, things are not legitimate unless they've been posted. And maybe that's a different question to ask like from a different angle, but I feel like it's making, I feel like in that instance, it's making me less of a social person to even be on social media as sad as that is. I think the question of legitimacy is really important because I sense that too. It's, um, it doesn't seem like things really can happen unless you have like an organizing point, um, or, you know, picks or it didn't happen. Is what people say. <laughs> what? They say picks or picks it didn't, or it didn't happen. happen. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Like experience has to be through the lens of a screen or a, some sort of other th- camera or or 
network or something in order for it to feel real. Um, so I think legitimacy and reality get really toyed with sometimes for me anyway. Is it, is it that, is it the reality or is it the, the affirmation? Like, does your reality exist on the affirmation yeah. of others? Hmm. Cause we are social yeah, creatures. Our constructs are not just individuals, but you know, who we think about our, what we think about ourselves is in, uh, relation to everybody around us so it makes sense that you know people need to see me for me to exist although but that's kind of weird i don't know that can definitely get out of whack quickly though for sure i want to just say before we move on like that's there's nothing wrong with you if you don't have facebook (laughs) you don't have instagram i don't think people need us to tell them that of course there's nothing wrong with them there's something wrong with us (laughs) for feeling like these people are weird if they're not engaged or whatever according to our ways of being in the world I mean, really, we're signing up for our for our thought patterns and interactions to be coded in some fashion, right? Like you push a button to affirm people. You you word things in a certain way and present yourself in a certain way in that public arena. Uh, you're aware of who's seeing your posts and who's not seeing your posts. You you can check to see if people have affirmed you or not. I mean, that's that's a really coded, like very scripted way of interacting with people. So if you're not involved in social media, you're actually probably uh, you have less less socialization happening on you on a regular basis for how you should be interacting with others. In in some ways that's kind of sad that we have that we're trapped into that. I read a a piece by this writer who watched their daughter for a day and what she did on her phone and just kind of digging into what goes on in her brain and it's sort of tragic. She filters her whole life through like you post something, if people don't like it, you delete it. And I, I mean, I've done that before. But she's constantly like checking all these different apps, seeing you know who's interacted, who's affirmed, who hasn't, and so kind of basing her whole reality on that, while not really being present in the world she's at. Like fantastic kid, really engaged in school, you know, like leader of sports and stuff. But the the extra level of meaning that exists today for kids just didn't exist when we were younger. So I, I, I think that those ways of coding our brain, especially for younger minds, are very influential. And uh, have you ever seen videos of people, home videos of people in the 70s or 80s? Is the weirdest thing. For some reason, I watched this home video on YouTube. We're putting up my home video. And so it showed us a home video of someone else. And I saw these teenagers from the 80s. They were super genuine. They all look like little characters. Because like they weren't used to a camera being put in their face, and they were all just so interesting. And I, and I feel like with with the generations of social media, we become we become less and less interesting almost, just as people, because we're we're offloading all of our personality into the cloud instead of kind of embodying it. I think that's my general thought. I don't know if it needs to be mutually exclusive, but I think there's definitely a self awareness that comes with social media. Um, I've noticed in myself, like I used to be very happy go lucky and not care about my appearance at all. Just wear t-shirts every day and no makeup. And I didn't give a crap, honestly. But now with the advent of the, using all these technologies and being very like becoming much more aware of what I look like and how I present myself, I've completely, it's like my personality has changed in that regard. And I, I grieve that sometimes, like I wish I didn't care, but I do now. So what do you do with that? Um, see, that's, I don't know. I see. I wonder if it's not, because Alan used the example of of kids in the 70s seeing their home video and them acting <laughs> a certain way. But for them, that was just the new technology. That instance could have changed them. You know, oh, now when I go to a family gathering, there's going to be a picture. Like, I feel like 
it's not something that's new. It's just a new avenue in which it's expressing itself. Like, and Mona, you mentioned, you know, you think about where you are. I feel like the opposite because of social media. I'm less concerned about it because I know it's all around. Someone's going to take a picture. It's going to get posted somewhere. So I just need to stop caring because it's happening so often. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And I don't know if that's just a... That's too an, an age thing to or what? Dealing with the same reality. <laughs> and I think that when we have a certain, and this is true for anything in our lives, I think when we have a certain experience with something with different people, then we we tend to impose that on the whole medium. And I feel like social media is getting uh, a bad rap, and so to so, or is getting a bad rep, so to speak, because it's it's new. You know, it's relatively new. You know, I mean, did you ever see that old photo of when the last pope was inaugurated and then the new pope and how the audience was looking up at the pope and it was just people, you know, seeing the balcony that he was coming up on. But then when the newest pope was was introduced, it was the sea of cell phones and like uh, and screens yeah. and iPads and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, it didn't. The, the experience for each of those people was the same. They were there to see something, but now they just had an added technology to to apply to that situation. And I wonder if it's just a pendulum swing, like all the weird stuff that people photographed or videoed the, when they were first invented, that kind of laned off or waned off and it became this regular thing. And I, th- I think social media is going to be the same thing. I think we're going to look back and be like, it's just part of our lives. It must have been interesting for the people that initially experienced it, but I don't know. I don't know if it has profound impacts that as far as it's making things worse. I think it's just highlighting things that are already there. Yeah. I wouldn't use the word worse, but I, I, I think, think there worse is, in some ways. I, I think there is definitely a big shift happening and I can, we can see it in our lifetime because you know, my space and stuff didn't, didn't exist for us until we were a little bit older. And so l- looking at the way that it's changing us, you can see it happening in real time. I mean, what I meant by those videos of those kids was they were so in the old home videos, they were self-possessed, like in their bodies. It's very difficult to describe. But when I hang out with teenagers now, it's just different. People are have offloaded most of their life into uh, their experiences. I, I think there's just a, a big movement away from the physical world. There was a philosopher recently, we'll put his name in the show notes, that called our this next generation the first disincarnate generation the first Whoa. generation to live outside of their bodies because if you look at all their profiles everything that they craft online it's a real expression of us and it's 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 important and i think in a lot of ways it's good but we're spending more and more of our lives outside of being present with where we're at so we're we're moving away from being bodied beings and there's some there's some sadness to that because we're we're less comfortable with each other, spending time with each other or just being physically present. And we're more comfortable with the I, I'm saying we, but maybe everybody has a different experience. But I know for me, it's just been it's been different from when I was a kid to where I'm at now, I think. Yeah, no, I I was I was on the train yesterday, the subway going to downtown and I was looking around me and. I couldn't find my phone had died and I was trying to find someone to ask for the time. And literally there was like 15 people around me in that car and every single one of them have had earbuds. And so I couldn't ask them what time it was. Every single one of them were looking down at their phones with earbuds. It was amazing. It was like, it was like, I wasn't even there. It's like, I couldn't get anyone to catch my eye. And I thought about that a lot. And I thought, well, what's the point of like, dressing nicely or or learning how to interact with people or having spontaneous interactions if no one will even pay attention to you anymore like i feel like fashion and arts are probably going to like start 
dying because it's no longer about the experience about it's about like the spectacle and about like the consumption of that ex- that art like online and it has such a, a short lifespan right things are like cool for a day or two while they go viral and then it's old news so it, it's changing i think our relationship with um with experience and artistry and what it means to like like you're saying not only be incarnate but to live into that um that personal expression that's free that's a free of form in a way that, that relies on spontaneity. And I was also thinking about eye contact and how important it is for intimacy Mm -hmm. and how lonely people feel now. There's so many studies coming out that in this age of connection, social connection, we feel more lonely than ever. I think it has a lot to do with eye contact. Like my experience yesterday, like I not looking anyone in the eyes and growing accustomed to that, um, makes you start feeling like you're going a little nuts after a while. It does for me actually. And I've, eye contact's gotten harder for me in the last couple of years than it usually, than it was before. So some of my disparate thoughts about that. Yeah. You said you were, you felt like you weren't there in the the station, but it's like you were the only person who was there. It's weird to share yeah. space, public space with so many people, but none of us are really there. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's none of bizarre. us, none of us are present. And can you imagine plucking someone from the 1800s or even 50 years ago or 30 years ago and placing them in a situation, in, in a place where nobody's paying attention to what's happening around them it's it's almost like a post-apocalyptic scenario although i'm the biggest fan of of social media that the, that's ever existed my uh <laughs> my sister-in-law printed up a calendar for her parents for christmas she thought this would be a great gift and it was so there's a different picture for every single day that's 365 pictures and this must have been four years ago five years ago so she was desperate to find pictures of my family because she's you know, she's a transplant. She's come to our family. She looked online and she told me after she made this calendar, she's like, Alan, 75% of the pictures in there are off of your Facebook. <laughs> but I was like, are you serious? She's like, yeah, you know, you're the one who has all the pictures on Facebook. So I'm, I'm the biggest fan. I love it. I think it's like the printing press. It's going to change our society and in huge ways. And it's a good thing. But I do believe it's making us less social. I mean, there, there are some people on the outskirts of society who have more access now. Like I've talked online to people who are handicapped, like severely handicapped, and they have difficulty interacting with people in the real world or whatever, in the physical world. And when they get online, it's almost like they have this newfound freedom and they don't have the barriers that they had before. So I think for some people, it's like a light year, you know, just a huge jump forward. We're contacting people that have been around from when we were in high school and junior high and that never happened before but in some ways it is making us less social in the physical world i wonder if it's just part of the process of something new like forgive my nerdy analogy in advance but it's like superman in this <laughs> it's <laughs> always the, like superman it is or batman <laughs> either one but in you know when and I, i'm sorry i apologize again for this nerdy analogy but when superman's like first figuring out his powers he hears like everyone's voice all at the same time and has to slowly learn to like concentrate it because now we're inundated because of all these places where people can now have a voice now we're inundated with way more perspectives than we ever were before and i think it's just a pendulum swing and trying to um, reacclimate our lives into beginning to to hone in on certain voices and begin to take things for what they are. And I think right now we're just in that that you know Superman adolescent phase where everything's just coming at us at once, and we haven't had a chance to really figure out as a culture mm-hmm. how to ease into it a little bit better, how to control our power, so to speak. You know, but has that's, it outpaced really our humanity? 
but as it outpaced our humanity, is it more like giving a toddler a gun? Like eventually, you know, if you give someone a gun, they'll get used to shooting it and they'll be safe with it. But like, I, I feel like our humanity hasn't caught up fast enough. And is it going to outpace us? You know, I'm not sure what you mean by that. What like, I mean it, by, I mean, if, these are, I think it's it different social media for children. <laughs> no, no, no. But, I'm not saying social media for children. What no, I'm saying he's is, saying like, he's saying like it, it's an overstimulation, not like necessarily dangerous, inherently no, no, dangerous. No, it's no. so much information point, to process. His point was Superman <laughs> had something, you know, I, I'm serious. This is what he's saying. <laughs> Superman had something introduced into his life. He had to get used to, and it just took time. He had to grow into it or whatever. And it's like, as human beings, as a human society, we have this new technology, social media. We just have to have time to get used to it, to learn how to use it well. And it I totally agree. It's not just any technology. Stuff. It's not just I, any technology. It's it's a it's an an amount of information that's almost impossible to digest, and it causes so, this like yes. frantic, anxiety ridden compulsion to always be in the know. And then that compulsion to always be in the know ends up coding your life back. Like it's like a it it. it it ends up shaping you. You don't shape it as much as it shapes you. And and that's why I'm saying if it if we could catch up faster, if our humanity could catch up faster, and we could realize. But what do you mean by that? Realize that the physical world is important. Realize that contact is eye contact is important. Learning how to say no to social media, like in a really you know real time kind of way, taking back some of those elements. I think eventually we'll get there, and we'll realize that. It's not everything that we thought it was, and we'll learn how to live with it. But right now, what I meant with my analogies, it feels like we're not evolved to the point where we can handle that. It's like it's outpaced us, and it's. I don't too think much it has well, anything to do with You know what? I wonder. I wonder if it's the other way where it hasn't evolved to us. Like I just listened to this TED Talk yeah. recently that was super interesting. interesting, where it's it's not so much the means of being connected, but it's the physical devices that we're connected to because they're causing us to look down. So he's talking about, and, and this guy was a neuroscientist who's talking about how maybe it's it's more important for us to create technology that connects with our biology as far as what's natural for us to look at and move through. So this this the rise of augmented reality. So it's not virtual reality where you're separated from everything else, but it, it imposes these images onto the reality that's in front of us. So it's more of a it's more of a physical and brain thing than it is an actual like you know, right now I have for Facebook, I have to put my hand or on a phone and look down or look at a screen and disconnect from people. But what if I could look at the person that I'm actually trying to, connect. you know what I mean? I don't, I'm not, I'm not fully articulating this very well, but I think like it's Google just, Glass. Yeah, like Google Glass. Like that's probably the 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 easiest way to look at it as far as like what the potential is. But I think that there's more potential that can come along with it, and I think it's just a matter of everything correcting itself. But that being said, I also agree that it's helpful to look at this as a tool, and I think that any tool that we have has a dark side to it and needs to be taken lightly, you know? Like, when we think in, when we think in terms of weapons, you know, how they've progressed and, and worse and worse, and how with each iteration of a new weapon, it takes more and more responsibility to use it in a way that's not totally damaging, because I think the darker side of social media is that it is so easy to be anonymous. And I think that's where the real danger is in it, is the anonymity that's happening and the online bullying and the the trolling and all the stuff that goes along with that. I think it's bringing out, it's giving people an avenue to express their, um, I don't know if dysfunction is the right word, but things that are there, now it's giving them a new dangerous avenue to, to express those things in a way that are damaging to people. Well, we don't really know the effect on young brains of this technology yet. It's, it's so new that we don't know yet what it means to have people on their cell phones on Facebook for three hours a day. And most of the people who troll 
um, are young adolescent boys. Actually, that's the majority demographic. And so we don't know yet what it means to grow up in that mental milieu of, of being exposed to all of that all the time. Um, and I, I think for me, it's not so much about humanity evolving it, um, or, or even the technology evolving to us. Cause I think that it's, there's a real danger for me that our technology could evolve to become so much part of our lives almost in a cyborg way that we no longer can interact with nature or reality without stimulation or without assistance from our technologies. And that's already um, happened. <laughs> it's already happening. It's already yeah. happening. But I mean, like we're, we're looking into the future of like, you know, even in the next 10 years, probably that go into the nth degree. Right. So, but there are studies that have come out that say that people li who live in close proximity with nature have much fuller lives and live longer. I mean, there's a real spiritual, physiological, emotional, um, benefits to really actually being able to be present in your world and have a direct connection to, uh, to the natural world, to people around you, you know? So if we're always putting things in between us and the outside of us, um, I, I worry that, that our brains will, it, it's like a drug, like some, some of these, um, having that constant stimulation to your brain, like that has neurological effects on your, on your, on your psyche. And, and so that's, that's why it has an addictive quality, I think to a lot of people, because it, it stimulates us. It gives us boosts of adrenaline endorphins or pulls on our emotions constantly. And then we need a fix. Like you have to get back on it. Um, because otherwise you feel emotionally bereft or emotionally dead. And so I think there, there's a real danger, there's a danger for myself. And I think there's, a, I think I see a danger for a lot of us, especially for young kids who grow up with this stuff that um, they really, that, that is a, a, a psychological dependency that scares me. I, I, that's an interesting line of thought, thinking about it as like a chemical dependency in brains. Um, there's probably a lot of research out there that's done, that's looked at that. And uh, not to cut you off and go back to what Jeff was saying, <laughs> but maybe that's what I'm doing. Um, the idea that trolls are the only thing that's sort of negative about social media or the people in our social media, I think misses the fact that having so many shallow connections is probably taking a toll on us as people. That's like, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's, it, it's the... It's not just the people who do negative things to us that harm us. It's the fact that we have a thousand friends on Facebook, but those friendships only go so deep. And so there's like a maintenance aspect to, to friendship. There's there's a lot of layers to different relationships. And so people can be surrounded and connected to so many people, but not get what they need out of those relationships. Whereas when you're physically present with people, there's something different, not just eye contact, but other stuff too, you know? And I think that's where the loneliness comes in for our society, the increase in loneliness or whatever. Yeah. Like, why would you spend time talking to someone if you can go on their Facebook and learn all the stuff about them? Like, why even ask them exactly. questions? Why Why probe into their life? Why hear their perspective? Because like, if all of our language and social interactions are pretty coded and pretty standardized and pretty similar, then like, why take the time to see the unique particularities of someone's personality if it just looks like everybody else's personality? Like, it's, we're not <laughs> differentiating anymore, yeah. right? But on the other side of that, like, look at... Look at how many people on your Facebook feed that if you didn't have Facebook, you probably never would have heard from again. That is like, true. That's true. Like there's That's no true. connection. To me, little connection is better than no connection. Like I know there are people on my Facebook feed that I'm never, probably never going to have another conversation with. 
And I'm not necessarily fine with that because sometimes it's just life and you can't make an effort to, to talk to everyone. But I'm certainly glad to know like, wow, they're doing really well. I'm excited. I can at least send them a like and say, you know, I'm really excited that you just had this kid or you just got this job and just move on and feel like, you know, it's no different than how I have in my life. You know, I have in, in my physical world, I have acquaintances that I can look at. Now I can just broaden my base and feel like, wow, you know, we're connected on a certain level. We, we never would have been connected on any level had it not been for this piece of technology. And I'm fine with that. I love it. That It's like one of the greatest inventions that's ever existed. For In sure. some ways, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, it, it does. It has broadened my peripheral of, of people that I'm just connect, feel connected to. But it seems like it flattens uh, so many relationships into the same yeah. bucket. Like I'm hearing status updates from my sisters and people I met once in college <laughs> that I've never spoken to <laughs> for again. Sure. Yeah. And like everyone, yeah. the playing field is so level that it's like... I don't know. Yeah, it is nice to be in touch with people and know what's going on with them. And but do you handle it the same way that you you do now than you did before? Like, do you accept the same amount of friend requests? Are you a little bit more choosy? Like, has the way that you interacted with social media evolved over the past five or six years? Oh yeah, I think definitely. Um, I think it definitely evolves as you use it more. But but I I I kind of squirm to think that a lot of times I'll interact with my family members on Facebook instead of calling them and hearing their voice or trying yeah. to Skype with them and see their face. Like I I think I I it I think it makes me socially lazy in some ways. Like I don't go out and get people. I don't go out and find them and like get in their world. You know, um, and I think that's so crucial for intimacy and for for relationships. So, oh, I highly that recommend that you just start a podcast with your family. Then you're forced to talk <laughs> to them <laughs> every week. <laughs> well, not actually be with each other. And so the, the other side of that, have you ever um, not asked somebody details about their life because you should have known on Facebook? Like I'll, I'll see people that were, are really important to me. And for some reason, I'll hesitate asking certain questions like, hey, what are you up to these days? Like, you know, where you, there's this sense that oh well are you not looking at my facebook page are you not you know <laughs> you know what i mean so it's it's not just uh it's not just that we don't engage each other for me i feel like it even puts blocks in regular relationships like yeah. showing up and seeing somebody after a long time <laughs> is that just me do you guys question that in your brain should i ask this person this detail or should yeah. i know it not really. I, I usually don't think about that too much. Um, but it, it is interesting that you do. I ha I, I like crafting my presence online. You know, like I like, I don't know, thinking about like, well, if I post this, this is what people think of me and this is my identity and this is how I'm perceived. Like it's kind of an interesting game to figure all that out and to, you know, sometimes I'll want to put something really silly and random, but I have all these now work colleagues that are on there and I mm -hmm. feel like uh, I have to cultivate my presence to come across as like a dignified person. So I think in that way, I'm like, I'm at once like fascinated by it professionally, like, but it, I think it tends to like, it can cultivate some hubris, like, look how awesome I am. I'm posting this awesome thing or like stifle your silliness or your creativity where you want to be expressive, yeah. but you don't feel like you can because you're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of what people will think. So I think maybe depending what, on what your personal like proclivities are, your personal struggles, it can be a really uh, hard place, but for different reasons for different people. Or the, on the other side of that, and that it it's it helps you become more self aware, and you can realize like I don't like this about myself. Maybe I should just be fine with being consistent across the board. And I'm not saying about that you. I'm just saying that that this is again, it's a tool that we have to find our place in, and that I think whatever's inside of us, it's certainly amplified. 
You know, like, I don't know, like, is that, would you say that every time you go to post on something like that goes through your mind, like you're thinking about all that at once? Yep. 110%. 110% for me too. Wow. That's always, I always yeah. think about where, maybe it's because we're younger than you, Jeff. I don't know. <laughs> Let's not, we don't need to, we don't need to. I don't that. think it's that. No, I don't think it's that. I think maybe, it's, maybe it's, it's personality. that's gotten worse. That, no, that's gotten worse as I'm older. It's because I'm friend. I have so many circles of friends. Like I'm friends with scholars, and I'm friends with people from, you know, my upbringing back home. I'm friends with so many different types of people. I'm friends with social justicey people, and I'm friends with conservative people. You know, so it's always like, how is this going to be perceived? How you know how how I don't know. So is the real Just, problem in social media, or that you've so compartmentalized aspects of your life that? you like to keep them separate and social media doesn't allow you to be anything else but one thing. Well, you could technically you could create different groups of people on Facebook and only show people certain sides of you depending yeah. on that group. Like you, you can actually do that. It takes so much work though. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll definitely wield these technologies as best we can with the tools that are at our disposal. But do you guys ever think though about the, the power that, people have like that we willingly relinquish a level of power uh, of like the people who run these organizations have over us like i'm thinking of the show i know but it's real though right like Mm -hmm. it's there it's present the show black mirror on netflix have you seen it i've seen seen about half the episodes okay you know the episode where with the virtual game and they're all very disturbing (laughs) yeah this 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 particular episode um some of them are pretty freaky but the second episode um it's about this virtual this world where everyone works out 24 7 and they're trying to earn points to like go on the show that's kind of like american idol and so there's there's basically all of the world has been turned into three industries fitness uh, talent and pornography, talent and pornography. And so the people will get points to go on a show and try to get famous so that they can get out of the fit, like the working out world all the time. It's very hard to explain. You got to go watch it yourself. But at a point, um, the advertising in this world is so post, um, but like futuristic sci-fi that everything is an advertising all the time. So the main character goes in his room, which is four walls and he turns on like a nature scene so he can relax. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of it, a pornographic ad comes up and he tries to shut his eyes and not watch it. And the ad pauses and says, we noticed you have your (laughs) eyes closed. Why don't you open them and we'll continue the ad and let you get back to your programming of your nature show. And you can see the anguish on this guy's face. Like he's being forced like actually forced to see this stuff and it it like it gave me the willies like my skin crawled because i'm like we're not that we're not that far from that like if i'm listening to pandora online and i pause it and i turn the volume down the ad will pause like they you know you when you don't know what the product is that you're buying you are the product you know we've said that before on the show so it's something interesting to think about that we think that we're taking advantage of this quote unquote free space, but actually we're being heavily marketed to uh, all the time as we're using it. We just don't realizing it. it's gotten really subtle. So While I don't know. Experiencing I, a mass exodus from the areas of our life where we do have control. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, exactly. Exactly. So that's really, I, I think there you know, it only takes a while before we lose those skills. So I guess, I guess I think for me, social media makes me less social. If it's not a tool conducive to real life, if it's the other way around, if real life is conducive to it, then it, it, I think it does have really like bad effects. So 
Maybe I should use Facebook less. Maybe that's what I'm realizing in this conversation. It's not going to happen oh. for me. I love it too much. It's definitely my drug <laughs> of choice. My It blew my dad's mind like two days ago. I told him like, oh, I'm going to post that later. He's like, why don't you post it now? Because we had seen something and I had wrote something. I was like, well, do you really want to know? He's like, yeah. Well, if you post it this time of the day, it's not going to get any likes. And he's like, excuse oh me? He's like, excuse me? I was like, no, it's true. If you post this like late at night or at this time, nobody's really going to see it. And, you know, like that's the whole point of posting on Facebook. And he was just like, couldn't understand because he doesn't have one. And he swears he'll never get one, which might be a good thing. But, you know, it's interesting, though, because I don't I don't think about that at all. I think about we all use it differently. Yeah, and I'm telling you, there are probably millions of people that think that way. And there are probably millions of people who craft. You talk about crafting your online presence. Part of the crafting of the online presence is showing that you are a well-connected person. And the number of likes that you have on your stuff shows how well-connected you are. And so and like there's there's entire entities out there that rate people based on how well-connected they are and how much traffic their stuff generates. And so like starting to craft real life, people will go have experiences in the real world because they know that it's going to translate to better economy online. And so like their whole day is, and and there's a little bit of that. I I can feel it and see it and it makes sense to me. But for some people, that's all they'll ever know. They never knew a world before all of this stuff existed, you know? So talking about how social media invades the real world and starts to replace certain things that's happening a lot. So that you think that's not culturally relatable to certain populations now yeah. who've grown up with this. That's so yes. interesting. I'm torn. torn. I'm torn because all, I'm torn. all that you talk about, that's so good for our podcast on our Facebook page. But on the other <laughs> hand, I just want to give you a hug and say, Alan, I like everything you put up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, that's, that's the other thing is affirmation. I think you nailed it earlier. It's all about affir- like people, people need affirmation. It's just who we are as human beings. It's a part of living in a community. And so we've, We've kind of just put our need for affirmation out into this little ether that doesn't even really exist, right? On someone's server somewhere. It's not a really grounded, present communal thing anymore. I think there's a I think there's a lot of people who seem to more operate social media and like they don't give a crap kind of way. Uh I don't know. I don't know if affirmation's the driver for everyone because oh, I don't sure. care how many likes I get for, for things. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm trying to like promote somebody or like like raise money for a good cause or do something like humanitarian in nature. Yes, of course I want, you know, people to like it, but I think of my profile, whatever is more like a diary of my own life, like a way to um, catalog it and a way to like, remember it, you know, like a big living scrapbook of who I am and what I do. But so if other people enjoy it, that's fine or whatever, but I want people to like, I guess get a sense of who I am by going and visiting my page, but I don't have to have a bunch of likes to feel good about myself. So the, the the two things I think about that one go read the the piece written by the writer about the girl and how she would delete her stuff if it if it wasn't liked enough and how she's oh, wow. like that that people are doing that now it's a very powerful thing to think about secondly hmm. uh, I'm the legacy contact for a lot just by nature of what I do as a pastor I'm the legacy contact for a lot of people like they that's a feature on Facebook where someone is in charge of kind of protecting your page when you die. And so you have all this information that people can visit your Facebook page as if they were visiting like a gravesite or something. When, when I think about social media in that sense is just freaking awesome. It used to be, you had to be a King or a Lord of some manner, and then you would be remembered, right? Your, your name would be written down in a book, your hair color, a couple other different things about you. 
mm-hmm. now, like all of us have this access to being present when we're gone, you know, of having being remembered, of having some trace of us left other than, you know, some kids or a gravestone somewhere. Like we we have stories written by us, sure, about us, but at least they exist when we're gone. I think that's awesome. That's way freaking cool. I never thought cool. about it that way. If you look at yeah, I have a couple of deceased friends, and it, it, their their Facebook page locks up or locks up or something, and people visit and leave comments, you know, occasionally and pay tribute. It's yeah, kind of usually cool. like for on communities the to grieve. Yeah, usually on like the anniversary of when they pass, the people will come on the Facebook mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, this is how I missed you this year." Yeah, I, it's it can be pretty pretty cool. I love it. Maybe it's because I come from a small town. Uh, the small town I'm in, they they cultivate everybody who does pass away. And so there's this giant group of, of all the names of everybody who has been to my high school who have passed away in the last 50 years. It's pretty amazing. And see, that's what I'm saying is I feel like that that's what it is. It's like a tool. It has the potential yeah. for good and potential for bad. And just like anything else, we I'm, – I'm, personally, I'm all about self-evaluation. Like I feel like every year, not necessarily on New Year's or whatever, but I'm always like reevaluating. Where am I? What am I doing? What am I thinking? Who am I becoming? All that kind of stuff. And I think that the more we interact with these different tools, it reveals certain things about us. Now, not all people are going to take advantage of that and they're just going to kind of go with it and not even take the a moment to self-reflect. But I think at the same time, like on one hand, there's all these ways in which we can get ourselves into trouble. But then on the other hand, there's all these ways in which we can find out more about ourselves and move towards a more, I don't know, enlightened path or a better person or whatever we want to call it. Project ourselves, look at it, think about it, retool it, that kind of thing. Yeah. So well, I guess it I, is I really how I'm you getting, use it. it I guess it really is it. your priorities. And yeah. I mean, it's so my my little sister is 21, 22. So she was she's like in a generation below me and. Um, she asked me, I have like a flip phone for some reason. I just never got rid of it. Like for the days ago, she was like, Mona, can you bring your flip phone home when you come to visit? Cause I want it. And I'm like, why you have an iPhone six? And she goes, yeah, I just want to get away from the addiction. Like, I just want to like be free. And I'm like, that's so interesting to me that like younger people want to get away from all of the no- the chatter and the noise and only limit their social media use to like certain, you know, when they're by a computer or whatever, not, not with them all the time. That it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting to me it that she would want to do that. But on the other hand, and I'm not. This is not. It just makes me remind reminds me of something. So I'm not saying this about your sister in general. But then there's other people who are like, no, I got to get away from this addiction, and it becomes a self righteous spiritual thing. You know, like like a like a fast or a, you know what I mean. Like it becomes. It, sometimes when people like get away from social media, it's it feels like it's more of a a weird like ultra Christian thing. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's even relevant to the conversation. I know you're we're talking having. about it's, but it it's feels like that. the breaking it feels like the breaking of the, your secular CDs or something. Yeah. What, it's the opposite of what you were talking about before where it's like <laughs> yeah, where it's like oh, you're on Facebook is there something wrong with you and they're fine with it but then the other person like cuz you're looking down the person not being on Facebook but then the person that's saying, "Well, I'm taking a break from Facebook" is now putting themselves above you because they're this I don't know. Anyway, I've only I've only seen people do it. <laughs> I've only seen people do it for health reasons, like for personal health reasons, like I've mental health both. reasons. Yeah, I've yeah, seen both. both. But like you know, maybe self righteousness. They need to be a little bit cocky to be determined and actually do it. You know, like that. I don't know. I don't know people's motives. If they're being all like judgy about others, that's one thing. But if they're just for themselves, like I'm taking the step to be a healthier person because that's what I know in my gut I need to do. Like that seems that's great. You know. Um, so. I agree. I agree. I think that's what I'm going to do. I love Facebook so much. I'll be on there 24 seven, but I think I'm going to limit the ways it impacts my real life a little bit and take back some of my 
personality from the machine that has chewed me up and spit me out. <laughs> you know, I, I have a, a success story, actually. So recently, I was thinking about moving away from the East Coast because I just have felt so disconnected here. And I don't feel like it's my place or like I haven't been able to find my people. Okay, whatever. And there's people looking down at their phones when you're standing right next to them. That's everywhere, I think. I think that's everywhere. I don't know, but that, that could be everywhere. But the, it, it occurred to me, and actually, it, I was talking to someone from Chile. I have a couple of friends who are not from the U.S., and I was ta- telling them, you know, I want to move because New England's not this, or New England's not that. They're like, <laughs> my friend was like, are you sure it's New England? Because maybe it's you. Maybe you're the one not going out and being friendly. <laughs> and I stopped and thought about it, and I was like, oh, my God. I've been yeah. thinking about this place like a consumer. Like, it's not meeting my needs. Instead of how can I go out and do cool things and make friends? Like, this Absolutely. is so ridiculous. So, anyway, uh, I've gotten a couple different groups of friends together. Two groups. One is a writer's support group, and one is, like, a creativity workshop group. So, we meet once a week, and we just like set little goals. Like I'm going to write a poem this week, or I'm going to write a chapter. I'm going to do a photo shoot, uh, or paint a thing, you know, or something like anything, you know, and we're using social media to just connect and communicate and to share our work, but we're meeting in person and we're getting excited about ideas in person. We're playing together. And I can't tell you in a, in a couple short weeks only, we've been doing this. I feel so much more alive and connected than I have in months and months. So I think, Like, that's what I was trying to say before. When social media is like a tool to just stay connected when you're not together. But the point is being together and not even being together to get stuff done, but just to be together. And uh, I I can tell you personally, it's been, it's really, really, really helped me to find creative partners to just play with and do silly things with and um, experiment and explore our world together. That is, that is very cool. And I can't believe I've not been doing that for so long. You know, like, how did I, how did I not do this? Maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's not social media. Maybe it's us. And we just need to learn how to use it differently. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what's funny. I I feel like we should subtitle this episode. Three extroverts talk about social media. (laughs) because (laughs) Everything you're saying, like, well, it would be so different to hear somebody who's introverted about their take on what social media is like. Interesting. Yeah. We probably should interview more people. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't this know, is maybe, how we feel, and this is, and that's what matters. I right? guess if people get sick of us, they just push a button, and turn us off, right? Really? Yeah. <laughs> feel free to disagree with us. Say that uh, there's nothing wrong with social media, or that there's everything that's wrong, and talk back. And if you do talk back, you're talking back on social media, so you're a hypocrite, right? Hypocrite. Right. <laughs> Cutting off the branch you're sitting on. <laughs> Classic <laughs> logical mistake. Okay, but it's so it's so funny though because we don't we always ask for interaction. We're like so excited when we get messages and, and emails and stuff like that. And I think when people write in, they expect that we're they're not going to actually get real people. Like there's this some some sort of perception that if you're on social media or you're doing something like quote unquote legitimate, right, like doing a podcast, you're like you're like a uh, uh, an ethereal non person person, you know, like. I don't know. Do you? I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, not a person. Yeah, like if I wrote into another podcast, I would be very surprised to like actually get a person responding to me who's like an actual person who like puts on their pants and eats cereal, you know. And uh, when we talk about wanting to create a community and talking back and having conversations with y'all, like doing the book club and some other projects we're doing, like we actually mean we want to get to actually know you. We don't know you now; you're a stranger, but we want to know you and. I know that's a super basic thing to explain, but that's how I feel about it. I get like, 
I get so excited that we can actually make real human connections through this crazy mechanical thing that we all engage in, right? That's so ahuman. And for those of you who have and have shared your life with us, we love you so much and so appreciate much. you listening and, and connecting and sharing what's important to you. Seriously. It's probably why we're still doing this. Like, yeah, I don't know about yeah. YouTube, but there have been times where we got an email kind of at that right time where it's like, wow, okay. So, you know, someone's, someone's listening. Cause you know, all of us are sitting in our office or our living room and we're staring at a computer screen or our phone and we're talking into this mic and there's no one around us, but yet we're connecting with someone at the same time. And it's hard to feel like, you know, it's making a difference or even that anyone's listening. Uh, so let us know what you think. You can add to this conversation at the show notes at irenacast.com slash 66. And for any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions for the show in general, you can always contact us at irenacast.com slash feedback. Uh, on the other side of the music, we'll be doing Famous Christians for 100. So Famous Christians for 100, how this segment or game works is that each of us have come up with a quote from a famous Christian, alive or dead, and the other hosts have to guess who said that particular quote. Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. I believe we did this on our second episode, but uh Like Jeopardy sure. for 100. Yes, exactly. We were actually pretty proud of ourselves for this little name that we came up for this segment, <laughs> if I remember right. So yeah, this is our second episode we did this. Um, which is a great episode, by the way. If you're listening and you're new, check it out. It's about war, and I thought it was one of our best. Anyway. Yeah, I can't I believe we episode. did that for our second episode. It was good, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. So sorry if you, sorry for all the regular Christians out there. You're not important enough for us to quote you, but yes. you'll have your day in the sun someday. We only quote the cray-crays? Is that what you're saying? No, just the famous ones. Oh, he's famous. Okay. So Jeff, Jeff, I want to hear yours, one of yours. Okay, I'm going to start out with a, a bang. A, a good one. Not, Sweet. well, anyway. Okay, so here's the quote. Listening to hashtag lemonade for the third time as I walk through DIA, which I assume is Denver International Airport. Beyonce is my pastor this morning. Sounds like Rob Bell. It sounds like uh, Nadia Bowles Weber. Mona, you got it. Nadia Aww. Bowles Weber. Well, I love her. It was this tweet Aww. that caused me to sign up for a 30-day free trial of Tidal and listen to this album. And I got to say, if you have not listened to Lemonade, listen to it. It's amazing. Have you seen the video? I haven't watched it yet. I haven't had a chance to sit down and do it, but I've listened to it a few times. And I just, I'm amazed with how she was able to craft all those different genres and just be believable in every song. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. The I haven't seen the video yet either. I've been meaning to just sit and like really give it my full attention because she interweaves like spoken word and it's, the whole thing is one entire grief process. Um, and it's supposed to be like one of the most artistic things to come out in the last couple of decades from pop artists. So just musically it is, I can't wait to see the rest of it. It is amazing. It is probably my favorite album in the last decade. Like it is so good. I thought people just really liked lemonade when it came out. <laughs> like the, the like the drink. Like lemonade. Just talking about randomly. Lemonade hilarious. made a comeback. No, I really did think. Yeah. Anyway, well, listen to it. Seriously, the 30 day free trial for title. You can stream it. It is so good. Anyway, that's mine. I thought it was a fun 
I, I, I like Nadia Boltzweber a lot. Her Instagram is my favorite to follow. And she just, she's got a great attitude towards, anyway. So I went with a, a nice, nice one to start out with. I have, I have a nice one too, but I'll end off with it. How okay, good. We'll, we'll sandwich between nice. We'll sandwich them. That's there you right. go. All right. So Mona, how about you go? Sure. Okay. Um, every moment and every event of every person's life on earth plants something in their soul. Hmm. Kind of a hard one, but I just like the quote. I thought it was a cool idea. Like your soul's a garden, you know? That sounds very Rob Bellish to me or Richard Rohr, but I'll go with Rob Bell. Those are good. Those are good guesses. What do you got, Alan? Henry Nowen. You're both close. Yeah. Uh, it's Thomas Merton. Oh, I love Thomas Merton. Oh my yeah. goodness. Dialogues with silence. Such a good book. Yeah. Gorgeous. He did a lot with the kind of the interplay between Catholicism and Buddhism. So his, his work yes, reads did. very Buddhist, um, but it's, it's Christological. So he's, he was a, a mystic and a Trappist monk who did a lot of interfaith work in Vietnam, I believe. And Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Got He's also a poet. A of... Yeah. Really so cool. Dude. cool. He, he like, <laughs> he belonged to a monastery, like the Midwest or something. I, I looked it up recently. That nice. guy's awesome. Okay. So here's mine. <clears throat> we have two beautiful. So let's take a little turn to the not so beautiful. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Buckle, your, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. This is a famous, Christian said, quote, if this had happened 100 years ago, someone might have been shot. Where is today's manhood? God help us. End quote. No, I heard this and I can't remember what it was about or who said it, but I heard it. Dang it. It was recent, right? Very recent. Yes. Yeah. Um. I, I've heard this too. I don't remember. If this had happened a hundred years ago, someone might have been shot. Where is today's manhood? God help us. I'm I'm just gonna go with my default horrible quote, man, Franklin Graham. <laughs> Basically, uh, this person is saying if we had manned up, we'd shoot people, kind of thing. Right. Back in the good old I'm days. Not, I don't know. I, I got nothing. Who is it? It's James Dobson. But this could have been Anybody, this could have been Trump, right? It's these white dudes getting really upset that the world is changing. And in the good old days, somebody would have been mutilated, punched, shot, killed. Lynched. And we just need to exactly, honestly. What was it? What was the context? It was, it was about transgender bathrooms, believe that's it or not. What it, that's what no I joke. thought. Yeah. Right. Jeff, what's your second one? All right. My second one is Inspire Us, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay. So Republican governor Nathan Deal has sold us out to the state of Georgia by vetoing the Free Exercise Protection Act this morning. He warmly welcomed the LGBT community and in effect told people of faith that they take second place. Oh, boy. Yeah. Don't you hate it when people welcome other people? That I know. Are not you? And even said warmly oh. welcome. Like, this is a bad thing. <laughs> like, it, that wording alone made me like have to use this quote. He's upset his grandma for yeah. stitching something on a pillow. Well, that's messed up. See, I've been away from these circles for so long that my my cornucopia of names has dwindled, <laughs> right, into just a couple, you know. So I I feel weird just guessing the same people all the time. But I'm I'm guessing that's contemporary because of the context. Uh, is it another senator or is it a, a Christian leader? 
I was thinking about a bunch of senators, but a lot of them claim to be Christian, so it could have been any one of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Could could be either or. But I will tell you they're a Christian. Hence, Mar- famous Marco, Christians for 100. Marco Ruby. Wait, no. He's Florida. Wait. Isn't Marco Rubio, Rubio from Florida? He is, but but honestly, this He's quote is really just talking about yeah. the governor of Georgia. It's not. I'll just say Franklin Graham. <laughs> I don't even want to guess. Who is it, Jeff? I think I played my hand earlier. It is Franklin Graham. Yeah, speaking oh, in I terms knew, of all the all the yeah. gender bathroom stuff, which it, it that last quote, like this doesn't surprise me from him, but it's that last quote is that it is so wrong to warmly welcome. Like I, it just sits. With it you. is, and then I hate. I've, we've talked about this before, but I hate the whole dichotomy. Like if you're warmly welcoming this person, then you're automatically rejecting this group of people. Like it's this either or. Ugh, it's really small minded. You love yeah. them, you don't love me. That's there can like only be one favorite. Person. Yeah, that's like every immature triangle in every family I've ever experienced. Yeah, it's to, it's like it's social wide, you know, it's social media manipulation. Like it's even people it's making people feel on the fence like if they want to be accepted by their community, they even can't question that. Like it, it's it's bad for both sides of the fence, conservative and liberal, obviously cuz anyway, we I don't need to explain this. We all know. <laughs> I'm going to add another nasty quote to the, to the pantheon just, you know, cuz why not? Are you ready for this? Sex education classes in our public schools are promoting incest. <laughs> oh wow. It not not just, you know, normal fornication, incest in particular. I have no idea how that would even work, but this person wait, wait, wait. Seems did very that convinced. did that person in their quote actually say normal fornication or is that something you just said? That's what I just added. Okay, yeah. that's Mona's commentary. <laughs> so read the quote one more time. Sex education classes in our public schools are promoting incest. Wow, I think maybe he just went to the wrong one. Like I've never heard that before. Like all my sex education came from school because my parents were pretty inept. Like I don't even I, how you how get you to even... that conclusion. How do you even get there? I don't even know. Um, but the the grand irony is that this person was caught in a horrific sex scandal later on. So, uh, you might know it from that description. Ted, uh, Ted, not, Ted. not that one. Different I'm gonna say guy. Ted. Aw, why am I, Why are we blanking on his last name? Haggard. Haggard. That's right. Haggard. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm gonna say it's the um, the reality show guy, the Duggard. Oh no, not oh. him. Who is it? But that'd also be ironic. Uh, this is, reference is a tiny bit dated, but he's pretty famous still. Jimmy Swaggard, televangelist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's it's all the scarecrows that we create as Christians that like give us our little victories and we can knock them down. They're no longer teaching incest in school because of what I did. And it's like, well, they never were. <laughs> yeah. But look how great this was. It's a cultural victory. <laughs> look at Starbucks. They're no longer putting this on their cups. Like we create these like phony controversies to make ourselves feel better. I don't know. That's very frustrating for me. Yeah. And this guy was like, prost- like caught, caught with prostitutes later. So it's like, what? the hell i don't know it just it it, it just it, it boggles my mind how some of like the sickest bastards in our land are drawn to the ministry you know like and they they have these like really really like repressed dirty imaginations and they get themselves in horrific trouble you know 
the Ted Haggard story was crazy amounts of scandal, like destroyed like his entire community based on his actions because he was so repressed and refused to get help. And so it's, it's just, it's just horribly sad that that, that one person's issues with sexuality in particular can affect so many people and and their mental health and their mental health can affect so many people. Um, and they're given so much power and they can even make comebacks and be healed from all of that and come back into the ministry after, and people invite them back. People warmly welcome them back. Like what, what is that about? I don't understand it. Like, I don't know. It's it's probably just uh, a lot of ignorance around mental health and, and stuff like that. But you can, uh, look at for further information. There's a, article that's written on the website talking about narcissism and ministry and how ministry somehow attracts narcissists. Any place of power. Yeah. Present company excluded, of course. Present company excluded. Yeah. Speak for yourself. (laughs) I'm totally in it for myself. (laughs) I'm gaining a following. I'm going to be rich off of the sheep that follow me. You guys, let's get let's look at private jets, like a flock of them. We'll drive them together. That's what I'm saying. We have power right now. Let's use it to our mini mansions. I'm just gonna yeah. try to keep twelve different controversies brewing at any moment in my life. Just yeah, to you keep gotta stay in the press. Yeah, exactly. Hey, honestly, any news is is good news, even if it's a scandal, because then you get known, you get a book deal, you get to do the healing stuff and make a bunch of money. Yeah, everyone looks at you kindly. Yep. They say they give you free stuff at Christmas. I mean, I just, it's really can't. can't I lose. just saw a TV channel with Benny Hinn talking. Benny freaking Hinn. My, I, never mind. I'm have you seen a totally random? Speaking of Benny Hinn, Wrong. have you seen the video on YouTube <laughs> yeah. where someone co- put a compilation together of all of his rallies no. to that song "Let the Bodies Hit the Floor"? <laughs> it's so great. That's horrible. I've seen. I've seen one where somebody uh, superimposed like fireballs coming out of his hands. I've seen that one too. But the, the, yeah. when the bodies hit the floor, it's this like really intense metal song. And it goes like, when the bodies hit the floor. And then everyone like falls down. I'm going to put it in the show notes because everyone needs <laughs> okay. to watch this. <laughs> All right, Alan, close us out one. with a positive, positive. There we go. Okay, good, good. I, I felt in my spirit sandwiching. there was a need for a positive <laughs> famous Christian. And that's why I chose this beforehand. Here we go. <clears throat> Believe it or not, I came across this on social media. So total tie-in. Here it goes. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, a few minutes, including you. Dang it. Who said that? Dang it. I know this one. <laughs> ah! You're scrolling too fast on, on your phone. That sounds like the, the spiritual version of have you tried turning it on and off again? That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I was like, this is IT crowd. This is perfect. Oh. This is great. Almost everyone. Almost ah. everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. I'm going to go with former guest of the show, Benjamin L. Corey. I don't know. Man, I can't guess today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, Her name I'm going to go with Mother Teresa. <laughs> She's no, so unplugged. <laughs> no, don't shit us uh, It's uh, Anne Lamott. And Lamont. I love love her. Dang it. I'm so sorry. So if if you want to take back your Facebook experience and make it something better, go like Anne Lamont's page. She posts long posts. So that that right there will change your experience instead of just consuming this short I named dribble. You can read her stuff. It will transport you. It'll make you a better person. And uh, honestly, just go like her page. Alan, I unplugged for a while. I'm impressed. You not only managed. She's amazing. 
So good. I'm impressed. You not only managed to sandwich the segment, but the entire episode by finishing <laughs> with the so social good. media one. That is... I, we could that just, was preordained. It, we, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, that'll do it for us this week. If you enjoy what you hear and you want to support Irenacast, you can go to irenacast.com slash support for all the ways to show love to the show. And then also don't forget that our book club is still has open registration. You can check out the information and register at irenacast.com slash book club. Book club with me, guys. Come hang out with me. It's going to be awesome. That's and my I'll club. pop in there. So for this week, I'm Jeff. I'm Mona. And I'm Alan. Thanks for joining the conversation. Yes, go ahead and press stop.